Hello and welcome to yet another Agile podcast where we turn a critical lens on the state of Agile. I'm Michael Callahan and I'm your host and I'm glad you're here. Yet another Agile podcast is brought to you by Mindset 180. At Mindset 180, we put the I, the individual, back into Agile. Did you ever get into an artist before they made it big? For, for me, it was a band, um, they were called R.E.M. There was something that was raw, real, subversive, you know, the indiscretion of youth. There was energy. In every generation, there are those bands, those artists that go from being indie to being these major label sensations. And once they hit the big time, maybe they lose a little bit of their edge. The sound becomes more polished, more accessible. Their concerts, they become big, expensive arena events instead of the small, intimate shows. As they gain new fans, they lose some of the original fan base. They get named sellouts. Their music starts to appear on TV commercials. Maybe the lead singer, maybe the lead singer decides to take a swipe at acting. They've changed. Or have they? They got older. They started families. They have responsibilities. Being a small-time indie group has proven to be unsustainable. So you either sell out, burn out, or fade away. The funny thing about that success is that while some see it as a bad thing, most see it as good. The band is more skilled at their craft. Production value is higher. Playing dingy clubs gets replaced by world tours. That beat-up van becomes a limo. And all the while on the inside, they're still the same people they've always been. Just a little wiser, a little more responsible. You may be asking, what does this have to do with agile development? Well, hear me out. I'll get there. Before I started my career in IT, a long time ago, I played in a touring indie band. We moved to Los Angeles. We shared a house and a van and lived off Top Ramen, generic spaghetti, sauce from a jar, and 40-ounce bottles of malt liquor. We never had the opportunity to sign for a major label, never got the chance to sell out. We would have jumped at that chance. The chance would be to extend our reach from traveling around the U.S. Southwest to a chance to reach out and engage the world. When Agile development became a thing, it was subversive. It was about freedom, freedom from the oppression of traditional development techniques. It was a big F you to the man. And developers, well, well, we gobbled it up. We would go to our monthly meetups and we would talk about it with anyone who would listen. Even if the companies we worked for hadn't embraced agility, we'd still do it under the covers. We had people on our teams who we would call the blocker the person who maintained traditional metrics to keep the PMs off our backs so we could iterate. It was so rock and roll. It was like the early days of hip-hop. It was R.E.M., Nirvana, The Clash, Grandmaster Flash. That was the early allure. But it, it wasn't just about breaking rules. It was about creating new ways of delivering value, new ways of interacting with customers, new ways of interacting with one another. But it was undisciplined. It was immature. Management always called it the Wild West or fragile 
development. And in a lot of ways, it was. We had no real support structure, no formal training. It was, to say the least, unsustainable. Because of the growing grassroots agile movement, it began to take hold as a viable way to develop software. And just like when a major label finds a new indie band, people saw dollar signs. There was profit to be had. Not in an evil, greedy way, but in a way that would take agile development to the masses. It was the world tour. It was the Opus double album. More and more companies were warming to Agile with a caveat. We needed to be disciplined. We needed, God forbid, governance. We needed frameworks. We needed ALM tools. There needed to be a career path. I mean, how do you get promoted in an entirely flat organization, which, which to be honest, only really existed in our imaginations? We pushed back. We pushed back in the beginning. We fought it. But soon enough, we were getting older. We had more responsibility. We had kids, mortgages. So we started to go along with it. We started to sell out. Deep inside, though, we still held on to the fire. We remembered what it was like to be a rebel. We remembered that it was the principles. That was what really mattered. In spite of any new rules we were being asked to follow, any new reports that were being generated, Along the way, there were new believers, most of whom held those same deeply ingrained beliefs, still believed in the principles, still saw Agile for what it could be, subversive, rebellious, raw. As you fast forward through the years, Agile was really acting like a grown-up. The world tour, that gave way to the residency in Vegas, the real big time. Frameworks became more and more elaborate. The landscape of ALM tools, they didn't just allow teams to manage their work. It was teams of teams of teams of teams. That became the norm. New job families, new job titles, new departments arose. Scrum Master, Vice President of Agile Delivery, the Agile COE. And all the while, more and more converts, again, many of whom embodied the spirit of the founders of the movement, but they found it harder and harder to escape that Agile, without discipline, without governance, without frameworks, without ALM tools, was unsustainable. And we want it to last, even if that means that we have to grow up a little too. You know, it's okay to like Bon Jovi songs, even though they grew up. When you hear that song from your favorite indie band pop up on a Volkswagen commercial, you can reflect on how that made you feel when you were young and undisciplined, a little wild. But then you remember, you've matured too. So yeah, Agile did grow up. Agile has bills to pay, but deep down at its heart, it's as subversive as ever, just in a much more sustainable way. And we'll be back after the break to answer some burning questions that have come in. You are listening to yet another Agile podcast brought to you by Mindset 180. Yet another Agile podcast is brought to you by Mindset 180. At Mindset 180, we put the I, the individual, back into Agile.
Hey, welcome back to yet another Agile podcast. In this segment, we're going to be answering some of your burning questions. Uh, the first question that we are taking, this is coming from Emily. Uh, Emily asks, can we create our own configuration of Agile? Now, now I, I believe what you're asking me um, is, do you have to follow Scrum? Do you have to follow Safe? Do you have to follow Kanban or some specific, you know, specific framework? Um, my answer to you would be that um, every organization is different. Right? Every organization has to find its own Agile. Um, there are some that will say, no, you must do it this way, that way. The frameworks are there and they give you a, a great starting, starting point. You're going to find a great starting point. It's going to get you disciplined. But don't shut yourself off to finding better ways of doing things. At the end of the day, Agile isn't about following rules. It's about always getting better. It's always adapting. And that may mean we have to change the way we're doing things from time to time. So hope that's helpful, Emily. Thanks for the question. And uh, let me know if you need any more clarification. Next question comes in from Cody. And Cody asks, do project managers fit somewhere in Agile? It's a great question. A lot of times when people think of Agile, by default, you go to Scrum. And Scrum uh, is, it has very distinctive roles, and they, they, they exclude a project manager because project management, what was traditional project management, really gets distributed throughout the team. Right? The team takes on more project management type activities, the product owner, the Scrum master, so it's different people on the team. Where I'd say, and, and I guess the, 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 the consultant's answer is going to be, it depends. If you're going in and you're implementing Scrum, you know, like very prescriptive by the book Scrum, then no. no the, the project manager is like a surplus requirement at that point. Um, however, just because you are agile doesn't necessarily mean that your organization is going to follow Scrum. And so your version of Agile, as long as, it, as long as it falls within the Agile mindset, you know, falls inside of the, the Agile principles, the Agile values, you may need people that do some of that work, the work that would be more seen to be traditional project management. So long story short, um, Agile, the answer is maybe, because every Agile instance is different. If you're talking specifically about Scrum, uh, Scrum really doesn't call out the need for that role because that work is distributed amongst Scrum Master, product owner, team members. So hopefully that's helpful, Cody. Um, let me know if you need anything else on that. Just shoot me a line and I'd be happy to provide more clarity. Well, thank you for listening. I hope, I hope it gave you some food for thought. If you'd like to reach me, you can send me an email at mcallahan at mindset180.com. That's M-C-A-L-L-A-H-A-N at mindset180.com. Or, or look me up on LinkedIn. It's Michael Patrick Callahan. Send me your burning questions. Praise me for my brilliance. Lambaste me for my ignorance. We'll be back in two weeks for another installment of yet another Agile podcast. As always, I am your host, Michael Callahan, and I appreciate your time. Stay Agile, my friend.
Deus. 